one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamblett and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture as i said though joined by the dadleys to discuss nxt 2.0 and the reintroduction michael sidgwick of literally everyone on the nxt roster i think this show in the most succinct way i can put it is a objectively terrible subjectively brilliant yes experience <laughs> um my goodness i think well, I know I'm falling in love with this show, right? I think I love this show ironically as much as I love AEW Dynamite earnestly. <laughs> head over heels for this stupid bollocks. The process behind it fascinates and delights me to no end. And it's so completely boom, 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 bada bing, bada boom, boom, boom. <laughs> that it's impossible to get bored by at the yeah. same time, that'll probably change. But for now, my God, it's a honeymoon. And it's getting edgier. Let's not forget the big news this week. It's going to be getting more <laughs> effing and jeffing around and stuff. Well, there's effing and jeffing. There's talk of eating puss. There's like... <laughs> about that on this week's show, yeah. They're, they're eating pussy. They're <laughs> dropping F-bombs. Like, they are making Mandy Rose look like a Kevin Dunn... <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even got to the safe space yet but Hamfler, what did you think of this week's show yeah totally agree um joyously stupid honestly joyously stupid so stupid that it brought me joy this program from a booking point of view as a wrestling show has got hideous foreign murals like, <laughs> it's it absolutely doomed um but it's a blast it is so much fun uh, looking forward to reviewing it. Uh, an enjoyable watch. It never stops, and that's often to its detriment. 
ass. Who gives a rat's ass? Yeah, we were talking about this in the office earlier, just about how it's obviously massively different to the previous incarnation of NXT. But just it feels like what I when I think back to like three weeks ago, I see it in like black and white. It was so drab and like yes, there was the occasional good match, but like you would always say, Sige, it was like three and three quarters, like a match that I'm never going to go back and watch, a match I'm barely going to remember the next week. At least with this, it's just, you know, just short, sharp shocks of colour and squashes and characters. I'm, I'm loving it. It's great. It's absolutely great. It's everything I wanted it to be when I saw that logo. I wanted this thing because, again, we're not being cruel. There was no chance of it ever being good. I wanted it, therefore, to be as bad as it could possibly get. I wanted to watch this show descend into the parody. I knew it would when Vince and Bruce and Johnny and Kev were on the button done. And... Uh, <laughs> the figure off the switch, John. <laughs> the switch, sorry. I said the button. I meant the switch. <laughs> Take your figure off the switch. <laughs> such a kiss. Such a kiss-ass when it trickled it. Kevin Dunn, uh, roll of footage. And it was like, guys, Mark, you to get his name mentioned. A piece of good fucky tooth. <laughs> but it is, like, in theory, potentially doing good things in terms of, like, he's putting green talent in there where with some experienced heads um, and giving them in-ring time. But it's only, like, two minutes ago, basically. Well, no, beneath the tropes and the bollocks and the hilarity, there are some, in contrary to what Hamlet has just said, Good for him, <laughs> I won't repeat the take again, even though it's a great one. That Tommaso Champa did a miracle job of carrying cross, and that's why he's been positioned to bleed in, put the finger of uh, Bronson Breaker. But you know, I'll just get into it, man. Let's get into it. Let's start at the beginning of the show because the new NXT champ, Tommaso Champa, came out uh, to walk into the ring filled with lots of new talent. And that was just a, <laughs> a dip in the ocean of what we were going to get on this week's show. Uh, you get Brian Breaker there. You've got the brilliant Odyssey Jones, Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, Brooke Jensen, Josh Briggs. They're all in there. Uh, Champa cuts this promo about how long it's been, 908 days until he uh, since he last held the NXT Championship, which, of course, he never actually lost. He's very happy. He has a little chat with Goldie and says, I missed you too. Uh, he calls himself Mr. NXT. He says, you can put a new coat of paint on here. Well, what matters most is the passion. He says, NXT is the A-show. And then he leads the crowd in a chant. We are NXT, but the... More things change here in NXT. The more they stay the same, woo-woo, it's time for a promo train, everybody. In comes e baby, to the moon. Uh, he's very excited. He says that championship is just the fuel he needs to take him to the moon. Uh, Joe Gacy, more on him later yes. on. He interrupts, uh, Yoshi <laughs> interrupts him, sorry. But then L.A. Knight interrupts. Uh, I think he calls everyone incels and says everyone in the ring is a heap of hot garbage, basically. Uh, he said he should be the one getting the you-deserve-it chance. But before he can continue, Odyssey Jones cuts him off and quite rightly points out he lost twice last week. Then another interruption, Pete, sorry, Pete Dunne, and Rich Bloody Holland uh, come out. 
to confront just everyone. Uh, and Dunn says he, I look around and these bunch of guys is, uh, are all too scared to throw the first punch. And Champa does exactly that. He chins him, big old brawl kicks off, and it ends up uh, with Dunn and Holland, Champa and Brown Riku uh, in the ring. And eventually Champa and Breaker clear them out of the ring to set up the main event of the evening, Michael Sidgwick. What was going to be the main event? Yeah, one second there, caller. I haven't got my uh, soundboard on today because <laughs> we're doing this through Zoom. In theory, it would have been a toxic attraction promo. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. Here's what I loved about this rubbish, right? It's two kinds of absolutely awful. You get a eight-minute or like five-minute Tommaso Ciampa promo in which he effectively says, it's still good. It's, it's, still, exactly good. it's, good. it's still 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 the same. For like five minutes. The pig's gone through the paint factory. It's still good. <laughs> so he says it's still good for five minutes, at which point and NXT did flirt with this pretty much all the time in its old golden era. But it's just great that it happened specifically here on this show because it's still good. It's still good. Oh, here's a promo train. <laughs> it's just some guys in the ring stood there to remind you that they are there are new guys on the show. There's, it's such an odd, dissonant bit of blocking <laughs> here. They're only there because you're thick in the eyes of the new production team. It's fantastic stuff. One of them's a tag team, I think. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. They made friends yeah. after that bar fight. We'll get to that in a sec. And... Uh, not only was it great on that basis, the sheer bathos of the scene, the bathos was absolutely immaculate. But not only that, right, but this is marketed as NXT 2.0. It's 2.0, 2.0, new colours. It's not boring anymore, guys. It's not boring anymore. <laughs> no more midgets to use their exact wording, not mine, some not problematic, problematic 76-year-old guy. <laughs> and then, so when you've tried so hard, you've used so many colours, to just bash you over the head with the, the messaging. It's new. It's 2.0. It's not 1.0. It's not drab. It's colourful. It's new. It's new, guys. They're all big. They're all big. They're all big. Remember last week? Well, we're here again. So why would you have Champa, this old guy with a home alone beard, talking for five minutes about still the same thing it used to be? <laughs> but what is it? Nobody knows. Who, who are those people? I don't know. <laughs> I laughed, laughed out loud watching the guys because we know enough now. We've seen enough network documentaries where the cameras are backstage or wrestlers speaking to Steve Austin or whoever that we know how a lot of this works. And you know what's happened is they're like, uh, you know, it would normally be Triple H with his tongue in his teeth. His normal big knife for you tonight. But it's whoever it is at the moment, Shawn Michaels, Bruce Pritchard, somebody saying like, uh, you got a huge opportunity, kid. Go out there and maximize your minutes. Make this your moment. And they're like, oh, wow, what's the opportunity? You're going to stand there as moving scenery while Tommaso Ciampa talks for eight minutes and makes no sense. Cool, I'm going to make this work, boss. Like, they're going to run through walls, but they can't do anything while they stand in the ring. So they have to move their left foot a little bit. And one completely easy, who I can't remember the name of, said to another completely, he stuck his arm out to like his, his mate who looked a bit like 2016 Dean Ambrose and was like, uh, hey, let the man talk about <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa here. Let's see what he's got to say. <laughs> Just... <laughs> ridiculous dissonance again would be the word um i want to give to master champer a bit of credit here um rare do i make this comparison unless i feel it is worthy but i want to compare to master champer to brett the hitman heart in this promo 
because he too misused the when he said NXT is the A show. He put that word in by mistake. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a complete mess that served to obviously fail to put over these like great as well like uh, all these new young guys they're hungry they want competition what's the match that comes from all this bollocks the one guy that got over last week and the three people that we've been watching for the last two years <laughs> these guys are jumping at the bit and tonight they've taken their opportunity like great terrible just terrible really ineffective really funny really great I also realised that fact that this segment actually hadn't actually ended. It was all so all over the place. I thought it was ended and it hadn't. They cut backstage with like Kaylee Ray, Electra Lopez, B-Fab. They're all brawling backstage. Break them up. And then they cut back to the ring where there's still stuff going on. And eventually, Bran Breaker gets a mic uh, and shouts at Dunn and Holland. How about you two little bitches grow a set of balls and face me and Chabra in a tag team match tonight? That's out of the main event. Apologies. To be a woman watching this, like seriously though, like on a fundamental business demographic chasing level, if we can for once, and I don't want to do this throughout the duration of the pod, but for once, let's analyze this as a strategic bid to gain viewership. They have in the same show removed about 30% of Mandy Rose's clothing mm -hmm. and told men on the show to be less like bitches. Why don't you stitch up that badge and get a cack? That's essentially what Brian Breaker said. Well, you say that, but they balanced it out because that bloke talked about male privilege later on. So, you know, 50-50 yeah, <laughs> booking of male privilege, I think you'll find. I'm pretty sure it's 100. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we got the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match, Kushida defending against Roderick Strong with Diamond Mind at ringside. And uh, you can probably see where it was going after that. Look, it was good graps. What do you think of the fundamentals of this match? I mean, the thing about this is that it went very short. It was a total obligatory pretext to do the switch that we all anticipated, given um, what kind of professional wrestler Kushida is. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like this really urgent, high-quality sprint, was it? Mm -hmm. But it, the fundamentals? Great fundamentals. Okay. Uh, expect nothing less. So Kashida gets the best of the grappling early on. He's going for Roderick Strong's arm. He's weakening it for a submission, of course. Um, eventually, uh, it looks like Strong's taking control, but Kashida blocks a superplex and comes off the top with the avalanche shoulder breaker, again, targeting Roderick Strong's arm. Uh, Strong, though, hits him with some back breakers. And Kushida counters, gets him in the hoverboard lock. It looks like he's going to get the submission victory when Malcolm Bivins not in the eyesight of the referee, grabs Roderick Strong's foot, puts it on the ropes and points it out to the referee so he has to break the hold. Uh, the ref is then further sort of taken out of the action by Malcolm Bivens, which allows the Creed brothers to drag Kushida out. Uh, and Ivy Nile just twats him, uh, throws him back in there. And Roderick Strong hits him with a backbreaker. One, two, three. Roderick Strong is your new cruiserweight champion. Barely has time to celebrate when Grayson Waller shows up. Who was, oh God, who was he friends with last week? He it's was Drake Maverick's best mate last week. Yeah. Uh, and he comes out and challenges Roderick Strong to a match next week. And Bivins conf uh, confides in, uh, in Roderick Strong and they decide they will accept for next Tuesday. Oh, what do you think of all this, Hamlet? Oh, well, I mean, the end stuff was funny. 
as every introduction of every wrestler on this show is funny. I, I, I can't remember if I've already made this joke, but this isn't 2.0, it's 2.0. Because you get a wrestler, you get a wrestler. You get a, there's in hundreds of them, man. I love it. I want this every week. I don't want, like, yesterday I joked on the podcast, like, well, what they could do every week is just reintroduce the guys that they introduced last week in new gimmicks. Was there any reference that Grayson Waller would hug out with Drake Maverick? Or is he on a cruise with They have actually done that. It was like, that thing last week, don't care about it. Like, I don't think he's going to challenge, I think he's going to challenge Champa next week. Like they'll just start again. <laughs> I've, I've been around here for three weeks now. I've said my piece. Like, it's I Total nonsense. Um, the thing is, though, this match more than anything else, not to put us over, as we always do, join us here in the sweet spot of how to enjoy NXT 2.0. Uh, because this match was ev- ev- evidence of how you might be doing it wrong. If you are watching this show uh, despairing at it no longer being the old NXT, because you love those initials. Stop that, because it, it is gone, and you have to move past it. So enjoy this for what it is, like this neon nonsense. Just enjoy it for what it is. If you are raging that you're not getting the quality matches that you once got, watch this and realise, ironically, is the best way to enjoy it, because this match wasn't even that great. You know, like, it was one thing that it had a finish with loads of cheating and the Diamond Mine using their numbers advantage. You know, it wasn't a clean finish, but it was a finish. Um but the match was bang average too. Do not go into this show with expectations of the matches being awesome because they're just not going to be anymore. And worse still, don't get on the still cobweb covered WWE NXT hashtag and say and say it earnestly, grow phone and Mernals, and talk about these solid matches because most of them are too bland to be entertaining. On it, like we are in the exact right headspace to enjoy this show, and I urge everybody else. To get in that too, because you're not going to get great stuff, and you'll only be mourning if you like. You'll only keep mourning if you want anything resembling the old NXT. Like, and this match brought that into sharp focus for me. There was no spark, piss, vinegar, physicality to this match whatsoever. It was just bland. Capital G, capital W, good wrestling, and it barely even got mm. to that standard. I'm more interested in the post match. They were more interested in the post match and. Grayson Waller trying to be this like charismatic, opportunistic fella, happy go lucky. Hey, there's opportunities flying around. I'll take one of those. And he was trying to like have a rapport with the audience. It died a death. I felt sorry for the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> what came next on this show? Oh, yeah, that's it. It's Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> that's right, he's back. And this, I'm just going to say it's too loud. I'll turn it off. <laughs> Put it in post. Uh, he says, uh, uh, he says, hey, I'm out here on the docks. He says, over the years, my uncle's made a few, uh, few handshake deals. Uh, you can call them, uh, let's just say, business arrangements. My family had investments in, uh, he said you can t- testify to this. I've written this verbatim. Like the rest of the stuff I go, there was a promo. Yeah, basically yeah. said this. I've literally... He's put it in... I'm looking at his notes here. The man has written it in italics. Oh, yeah. his own traumatic... <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Anyway. Uh, you can call them business arrangements. He says, my, my family had investments in many corporations up and down the Atlantic. He said, growing up, my uncle Paulie... <laughs> of course, his uncle's called Paulie. <laughs> Growing up, my uncle Paul, he used to tell me, hey, Tony, there's two things we take seriously. And that's business, business. and family. You don't got friends. He just got family. Uh, he says, when it comes to what came into these ports, we were dead serious. But now 
You can add a third item to that list. Third. My success in WWE. I love this. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna um, read the first, second, and third drafts of the copy. <laughs> Throwing up my uncle June. Oh, you can't call him that. That's uh, true. <laughs> Throwing up my uncle Big Pussy used to tell me Tony has two things we take serious. Growing up, my uncle Carmine. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean it's, it's caricature. I love this. Yeah. With all, every last beat of my ironic heart. How do they not know that the people watching this are going to think, oh, this is a shameless Sopranos. <laughs> it's just. It's, it's that stupid bastard, Bruce Pritchard, just going through his Rolodex of wacky, what's out there in the air. We like to... Cultural like, zeitgeist. What's in the cultural zeitgeist? We like to reflect society. We tell stories that reflect society. Do, do, do. <laughs> and, you know, you've got wool culture, Sopranos. Like, it's just <laughs> that stupid old arsehole. And he's a repugnant human being as well, so I do not mind burying him to this extent. Is a hack bastard who's like, I'm sorry, he's beaten Jeff Jarrett at this. He's beaten Hogan at this. He's quite literally beaten Triple H at this. If you were to write a list of the top 10 Carney cockroach lifers, God, you've got to tip that hat and say, Salud. <laughs> To Bruce, <laughs> I'm watching this. I obviously adored it, right? But I was thinking, and please, you two and the listeners, remind me next week for the NXT preview. We're gonna have a little game, right? We're we're all gonna pick one location and one weed, okay? And you see if he says it. You can't say like an obvious one, like schmuck or something, because he's gonna say that. He calls everybody. <laughs> he's he's, he's got it, right? Well, you know he's thinking of. Schmucks watching watching the show, but so you know you could have like I don't know he's at the casino and he's talking about territory. Okay, that's an example, but that's just the game for next yes. week. So just have a think on that. Hamlet, this was the best promo I've ever seen. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> You've asked us basically next week to play Cluedo with a guy that keeps alluding to Moida. That's <laughs> why they were always down at the docks. Tony used to work at the docks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a lot more to add. This is, it's brilliant, man. It's not, uh, Bruce Pritchard, when he was first doing the Conrad podcast, one of the like really enjoyable things, and I think one of the reasons why that program exploded in the way it did was because he was obviously targeting a direct sort of group of wrestling fans of a certain age. And he would talk about the um, shoots that he would go and do with the wrestlers. Uh, think about the Mr. Perfect one, all the different locations you could take Mr. Perfect where he could show that he was just perfect at everything. And there was a real... Um, there was a joy in his voice that was back remembering the good times. And because he wasn't back with WWE, a lot of people would have been listening to that podcast and like leaving comments, hopefully to get their five-star review reviews read out and saying things like, Bruce, you were brilliant at this. I wish you were back in the company so you could do more. And he's done it. He's got back and he's like, hey, Tony, get in the car. We're going to docks. Like, uh, <laughs> we're going down the trek. Uh, I love it. And, you know, yes. Sidgwick is correct to point out that they're being very on the nose with these Sopranos references. 
However, in my opinion, like better you do this prominent mafia reference than the other one. Like you can't mention the sort of woman that would have hung around with the Godfather because she was a whore. <laughs> Uh, anyway, just uh, next up, we've got uh, a uh, vignette with uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jens. We mentioned this earlier. They talked about getting into a bar fight uh, back in July. There's even security footage of this after they, I think, got knocked out of the, you know, uh, breakout tournament. But getting into a fight made them respect each other. Now they're a tag team, and it doesn't matter if it's a street fight, a bar fight, or a dog fight, because they're going to end the fight, Michael Sidgwick. Or a pit fight, because it's a stature and chamber. Because <laughs> it's a pit fight. <laughs> Because it's rubbish. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we got a brief squash match. There'll be a few of them. Uh, Amari Miller taking on the brilliant Kaylee Ray. There's a little inset promo. Miller talking about how the fact she's from Missouri, the show me state, and she's ready to show up and show out. So she got beaten in a minute and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got kicked by Kaylee Ray. Gory bomb. One, two, three. Look. Get Kaylee Ray off the show, man. Come on, don't take the piss. Like, what's, what's she doing here? Um, I understand that you need maybe one or two people um, that can be the like the legendary figures, the workers, all that sort of stuff. But this is a developmental brand again. It feels like that. Um, Champa himself felt like an outlier in the opener. Get her gone. Get her on Raw SmackDown. This is a bit of a... She, she doesn't belong here. She's too good for it. She does deserve better, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She does. I love it. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they had to bring on the new class of people in a minute and a half. How does that work? This show is still brilliantly dysfunctional. Uh, so Bron Breaker is backstage with Tommaso Ciampa. They are cutting a promo about the match that's going to be the main event of the evening. I know he's Rick Steiner's son, but I got major Scott Steiner vibes from this promo. He, I know they're, they're you know, related, obviously, but it just felt like the Scott Steiner of old when he was cutting this promo and he was very jazzed up, obviously. And also in the midst of cutting this promo, he's talking about going there and who better to team with than the, and his eyes are completely fixed on the belt as he says this, champ. Was Rick Steiner's wife a freak? Because <laughs> Scott Steiner is dad. Because there is loads of Scott in there as well. I'm joking, it's an observation. I love the idea of peeling away the camera, right? Which is basically just your set of eyes and you've got eyes everywhere across this show. But if you peel away the camera, because this is meant to be a show in which everything just happens, but your eyes are in one place at one time. So when your eyes go somewhere else, the idea is these things are still meant to be happening, you know, to create this immersive lived-in world. How long do these two idiots stare at each other for? And at what point <laughs> do they stop staring at each other? How is staring at a belt storytelling? Tommaso Ciampa has been staring at a belt for two and a half years and calling it storytelling. Good stuff. I mean, Bron Breaker's great, isn't he? Um, but they're telling us that in every other segment. So give it like six weeks of him being champion and already be bored of him. They are very excited with this Bron Breaker project and I am fully on board to see it through. But like... It'll get ruined. It will. Well, yeah. Uh, then we are shown some footage. And thanks, Sandy Murray, for <laughs> helping me identify this person. It's Zion Quinn, the guy who beat Boa a few weeks ago. He's uh, walking backstage with a couple of broads. And uh, he's, he's a gentleman. He holds the door open for them. And this other prick piles through, goes to walk in front of them. And he says, uh, excuse me, ladies first. The bloke just goes, 
Chivalry's dead, pal. <laughs> right. And uh, again, Zion Quinn just murders this dude out back and no one gets identified once, Michael Hamlet. Right. <laughs> this is great, man. NXT 2.0 is weird. I, uh, I, normally, I, I feel guilty when, if I want to mention something that somebody's tweeted and I forget the handle, but in this case, I don't want to name and shame them. I saw a tweet this morning on the NXT hashtag because um, it's easy to spot. There's only about 12. And it was basically <laughs> this, this mention... And it was like really like pure heart. So like I'm, I'm I'm not taking the piss completely, but like good faith, pure heart take, right? And it was a, it was a collected screenshot. So there was about 10, 11 different images of um, every woman featured on this episode of NXT 2.0. And there was loads. I'm sure like the number was in the 20s or something. And I, obviously the point they were trying to make was look, representation is better than nothing. This is a really good thing. It immediately made me think, is that being done by design, cynically, by NXT? They're trying to show that, like, once people once thought this was the only thing NXT had, now they don't even really have the workers, so they're just going to cram as many people on, on TV as possible. But within that tweet, the person had gone to the trouble of putting the screenshot of the two broads on the guy's arm and counting them. <laughs> it was just like... And that's when I sort of thought, right, if you're making shows for these fans too, then you really have got the easiest audience in the world to please. Because, yeah, nobody was named... Nobody felt like a big deal. This you were waiting for this. You know, if you're watching this like on like live on an American stream, you're waiting for there to be a pullback and reveal and it to be like, and with Geico insurance, you don't need to worry about car park fights. Like <laughs> I garbage. <laughs> Total garbage. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, we got Dante Chen wrestling next. He's the first ever WWE wrestler from Singapore. They talked to him uh, going to tryouts and getting through there. And he was facing Trey Baxter, uh, brilliantly talented young guy, but small. So guess what happened? Yes, uh, Trey Baxter got some offense in, backbreaker, half Nelson suplex, goes for a small package. Uh, but then Dante Chen reverses it into a version of Angel Garza's wing clipper to get the victory. What do you think of this, Sige? 
another great thing to analyze because I don't have to say anything. There's a squash. The finish looked good. I don't know if you botched it. It was sold well. There was another, there was several like, that's what I'm looking for here. There were several indications that a lot of these people are green because he realized halfway through the count and the referee didn't care that his shoulders weren't actually no, pressed to the mat. Yeah. Uh, there's another terrible finish later on. And I know you're more excited about talking about what happened with Trey Baxter in a bit. Oh, so oh we'll my God. That. I can't let Love you it. rush through it. Get that. Can you come to me first on that? I think Absolutely. Uh, and I'll come to you first, Hamfler, on Andre Chase University. He's oh, been just less, basically. Uh, Attitude era, Dean Douglas. He is uh, yeah. teaching a lesson. He's shooting on Odyssey Jones, who he's obviously had issues with, not only in the breakout tournament, but last week as part of the wedding. Uh, and he, he talked about Odyssey Jones and how he effectively cost himself uh, that breakout tournament win with a lackadaisical pin on Carmelo Hayes. Uh, and he said, look, this is what you should have done. And a student raised his arms. He's called Steve. And Steve says, uh, basically, didn't you lose to Odyssey Jones in like the first round of this tournament? And Chase flips out and just throws stuff off his desk, hoys a chair and kicks Steve out of the class hamlet. Aye, great. Total bollocks. Absolute bollocks. <laughs> But great. Um, I know he is. I know why he's a dickhead. Uh, they have managed to tie something that happened in the breakout tournament to why he now exists in this form. And they might be, at like, maybe I'm going to sound like a mug for this. And I want to make it very clear that I'm not investing. <laughs> I'm just suggesting. Um, maybe this is to give, like, he's going to have a big like, rivalry with Timothy Thatcher whenever Thatcher returns from wherever the hell he is because this was sort of Thatcher's old deal, wasn't it? Like lecturing young kids, obviously you would snap them in half in this thing, but they don't have that anymore. They don't have Thatcher's classes. So you can have Andre Chase University and then he can try to be put in his place by the old guy and, and probably beat him because Thatcher's not a, a Bruce and Vince and Kevin Johnny guy, is he? So Andre Chase will probably beat him at the end. Great, great. Complete, complete bollocks. Uh, another highlight for Michael Sidgwick came next. Uh, it was Joe Gacy versus Cameron Grimes. But before that, Joe Gacy is sat in the ring He's talking all about the violence we've got in NXT, all the microaggressions. He says, we settle differences around here, but I'm here to do conflict resolution. I don't need to use my male privilege to get what I want. I can show you we can have peace in this safe space. Anyway, Cameron Grimes beat him. Uh, there was a good bit with uh, Gacy doing a handspring off the ropes into a vicious-looking uh, lariat clothesline sort of thing. And he sort of took a moment to centre himself. And in amongst all this, Cameron Grimes nailed him with the cave-in and got the victory. Gacy, post-match, though, weird, wants a hug with Cameron Grimes. Ugh. What's going on here, Sige? There are two things going on, and they're both absolutely hilariously bad. One... This guy is talking about conflict resolution when his job is to be in conflict conflict with fellow combat athletes. Like, what? It's so stupid. <laughs> Why is he trying to calm himself down and have a peaceful state of mind when he's in a fight? It's the stupidest thing. They did something similar with Jinder Mahal and dropped it completely, if you remember, a few years back. That was stupid as well. The premise of this gimmick is so stupid. It's so stupid, and yet Bruce Pritchard, no, I'm convinced it is. But then again, it could be Road Dog as well. It could be any one of these horrible old dicks mm. in this sort of hodgepodge creative process. They are goddamn sick of all of you liberals. That's what they are. And this gimmick is a conduit to 
express their displeasure at what they think of certain people in society right now. Surprised they didn't use the word woke. Yeah. That's next week. That's next week. Because this guy is a total creep. This guy's a weird creep, and that's what they think the liberal audience is. And they just want to have a little go at the stupid little liberal creeps through the conduit that is this guy who's a combat athlete who seeks peace. Like, they are going to rename him Cecil the Snowflake next week. <laughs> that's his new NXT name. It's, this was so, yeah, this was so on the nose. And in a way, as Cedric's pointed out, that doesn't actually even fit into wrestling. That it was more like, the best way to think of this is like one of the occupational gimmicks. And the job is being a liberal. You know how like nobody stopped to think, why is the dentist also wrestling? Why is the plumber also just plumb? TL Hopper, just unblock bogs. You make a canny living. Don't put your body through pain, just plumb. Like that's what this is like. This guy shouldn't be in a wrestling company, but they want to have that dig or they want to do that thing so he gets to be here so they can do that thing fantasio did amazing magic he could pull the referee's pants out without taking his trousers off right why would you get into wrestling if you can pull a big string of silver out your mouth why would you bother getting into wrestling fantasio why take a bump? why take a bump why fall on your back for a living joe gacy just go out and got to be this nice guy and not fucking weirdo don't get into wrestling <laughs> Then we got highlights from the excellent wedding last week, and it was revealed that the honeymoon uh, or highlights from the honeymoon are going to be shown next week. Uh, Wade Barrett talking about Dexter Loomis being able to talk now and perfecting his oral skills before the honeymoon. What's he alluding to there? Subtext is going to eat in the hollows, plus. And then we got. We don't eat the pie. Yeah. We got another. Uh, Another squash match. It was Anna Shear uh, facing off against uh, Lagoda del Fantasma's Electra Lopez. Batted a one in two minutes, sit out power bomb. My notes for it really easy for this show. It's, I love it. It's so great. I no longer have to talk around the fact that I was bored rigid by this soulless emulation of what they thought indie wrestling was for 15 minutes of totally forgettable trope checklist fair. I no longer have to say the same thing every week. For longer, I can say the same thing every week, and it's not going to take me as long going forward. Yeah, don't take this the wrong way, but I much prefer making notes for this than for AW Dynamite because for AW Dynamite, so much stuff happens, so much is said that I'm like, oh, I've got to make sure I mention that brilliant line from MJF's promo or this mad spot from the Lucha Bros match or whatever. And it's like not the finish, but it's really good and it takes into a break and it's so thrilling and it pops the crowd. This, I just go, right, what was the finish? There we go, that's it. And the finish was <laughs> Finish was botched, and she kind of looked a little. So I felt sorry for us. Anyway, post match, Santos Escobar comes in, puts over uh, Carmen San Diego. Sorry, uh, Electra Lopez, uh, and says that she completes uh, Legada del Fantasma. Uh, Lopez gets on the mic, and she said, "What she did tonight was just a taste of what she's going to unleash, uh, unleash on Bfab uh, and the rest of the NXT 2.0 uh, roster." She calls out Bfab. Out comes Hit Row, but Bfab is actually snuck in around the back to jump uh, Electra Lopez. Uh, they brawl. And uh, they have to be pulled. They have to have this major pull apart. What did you think of all this pamphlet? Really bad, <laughs> really bad. And uh, you can't even um, you can't even put much of this on on the new lads because the bones of this are from the Triple H era. Um, this squash wasn't quite as bad as B Fabs, but it was almost as rubbish. 
The brawl was useless. It looked awful. If anybody gave half a sh about this show, you would see elements of this brawl gift as you did when the Creepers were beating up the Elite on the episode of Dynamite. Um, it's funny, actually, you mentioned how like you could just go through these matches really quick. They made NXT as light as they possibly could and turned it into a bad version of AEW Dark. It's like 500 matches featuring people you've never seen and the work just isn't as good. How have they managed that? <laughs> I, this was so terrible. Um, and again, like I'm willing to be way more patient about poor quality work than I would have been in the old NXT because what you are seeing now, very clearly, is a developmental brand trying to accelerate the progress of like, 100 million wrestlers at once. Um, problem comes, and it's a problem they made for themselves, is they are having this happen on national television. <laughs> so when something looks like it doesn't belong on national television, you kind of have to say that for what it is, and that's what this was. Uh, we're here, Sige. Trey Baxter's backstage, uh, but in comes, you know, his girlfriend. His girlfriend. <laughs> his girlfriend. <laughs> Cora Jade, she comes in. Uh, he's sad, obviously, at losing his match. Uh, but she, she says, don't worry about it. He's, facing. he's a bloody superhero. And kisses him. He feels a little bit better about himself. And he goes, hmm, superhero. Oh, my God. He's going to be the male equivalent of Nikki A.S.H. Yeah. Trey S.H. Yeah, they are legitimately. Huh. Gives me an idea. <laughs> he is going in a bid to, like... Impress the girl. It's all about impressing the girls, the little girls on this show, to impress the girl and to win the big fight. Going to become a superhero. Trey man. Trey man. And like, with all due respect, he's one of these pretty bloody good kick pad wrestlers. And that's reductive, but that's kind of what he is. And... Vince, Bruce, Johnny, and Kev. I, I, don't be that. That's boring. <laughs> you are to become ruler decks of bollocks. Like a voodoo practitioner, no. Not, uh, yet. Not yet. Save that. Not yet. Uh, could he be like, I don't know, a teacher? No, I've already got one of them. Could he be from the mafia? No, we've already got Tony D'Angelo, of course. Superhero. Baxman. They were going to call him Baxter Basics, but he didn't have good photo murals. I love like that super. That super. I love when you get the exposition. Like the camera keeps rolling a couple extra minutes, so they say the thing out loud that you're supposed to hear. Because all it makes me think of is the things that they could have said instead. So he's gone like, "Hmm, super. That's taken. What's the Yeah. Right, I'm going to go home and have full sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> now, that was, and, then that, and then that would have been the gimmick instead. But it's fun the way that it would have been Shaggy. But it's got, you said superhero. So, oh, sorry, it means you're wearing a cape. Could have been so different, Trey. Could have been so different. Uh, again, we are backstage. Uh, this time it's uh, Frankie Monet. She's uh, confronting Raquel Gonzalez. And uh, they say that. Uh, their title matches next week. They've remembered it. Uh, and then Lash Legend shows up and reveals that that's what people are going to be tuning <laughs> for next week. Not that match. but her about, talk... about time Lash Legend was back. I forgot what it was called, so I'm going to call it out on the Lash. Uh, which that, that starts next week. 
I'm, I'm intrigued. What do you think happened? lashing out. Oh, yeah. There are connotations there that disgust me. Mm. <laughs> was this related to that cutaway of all the women fighting at the start of the show? Or did that just go unaddressed? <laughs> did the, like, was the women fighting at the start of the show the like the female equivalent of the men getting to stand in the ring behind Tommaso Ciampa? <laughs> and that's just, what, that's just what happens in this place. Or was like, was Lash Legend here to like, because this all happened in a corridor, like, and the fight happened backstage. Is this Lash Legend saying, people want to lash out or come and lash out with me next week on the... Like, were those two things supposed to be connected? Or am I being generous for them there? Because otherwise, that big old fight was never... That was never paid off, was it? I don't... They need some more jewel bag. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, then we got another match. It was Odyssey Jones versus... I didn't even write their names down. Two jobbers, basically. Uh, I love Odyssey Jones. A massive squash match. Handicap match here. Uh, chucks him around like an empty tracksuit, in the words of Adam Nicholas. Um, running splashes in the corner. They're, they're trying to do stuff, but anytime they, you know, get a, uh, a hold on uh, Odyssey Jones, he just throws them off or falls onto them, destroys them, basically. Andre Chase, though, runs down to try and interfere. Uh, Jones, though, continues with the match uninterrupted, hits a double crossbody, uh, and then uh, eventually nails both of them with a middle rope splash and pins both of them effectively. Post-match, in comes Andre Chase with a chair, but Jones blocks it and the chair just sort of disintegrates. I love Odyssey Jones, Sige. I do. My only takeaway from this match was the poor bastard. It was like kind of a stack them slash next to each other bump. And one of them got their arse bumped. It looked like it really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have the didn't have the capacity that thing where they put their arms like into their pecs and like brace for the impact. You just had to take it. <laughs> But he, Odyssey Jones is is someone they're really going to push, you sense, Hamford. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and it works for me, definitely. I So I love that Odyssey Jones wears brightly coloured gear. And lucky for him, he's massive. Because you wouldn't want to be small in brightly coloured gear. Otherwise, it would probably go wrong. What's next? Well, first, we had Carmelo Hayes <laughs> and Williams. Uh, they were uh, confronting Grayson Ward, congratulating him on his title match next week, but then reminding him that he's got this contract that means he could cash it in at any time uh, and immediately win a title effectively. When what weight G- divisions he in? At any. Gigi Dolene, Mandy Rose, Jason <laughs> Jane, Toxic Attraction come in. They they walk past and get the get the boys' attention. They're heading out to do a promo, uh, but before that can happen, it's time for a vignette on Ikemajiro. <laughs> <laughs> He welcomes us, I sense this was deliberate, but it did pop me. He welcomes us to the Icker Mansion, which is just a cupboard. It's a cupboard <laughs> with his clothes in. Uh, he talks about, you know, you think of Japanese wrestlers, you think of strong style. But when you think of me, you think of style strong. And he talks about the fact that Ikerman means handsome man. And it's a handsome man with handsome jackets. And yes, we get a montage all of the jackets being shown off by Ikerman. And he concludes by saying, don't forget, style strong. Wink. I love this. They're going to change his name to Jacket Manjiro. <laughs> like, said it on the preview. It was pointed that he was allowed to feature in the wedding in the way he did, because he wears colourful coats. Um, I don't know. Uh, how, how bad can this possibly get for him? But nice in the short term. Like, he's going to 
leads to all these giants. Like there are massive men on this brand that are ultimately going to flatten Ikiminjuro. So the thing is, they're building this. The building, if they're building any relationship between Ikiminjuro and the audience up, it's going to be ruined by when Bronson Breaker turns heel and Ikiminjuro is the first guy that he throws into the post or something like that. Um, but you know, Bruce Pritchard swears blind. He's laughing with him, not laughing at him. Swears blind. He does. I just like the idea of them going. Right, lads, we've got uh, one minute left to fill on this show. We've got to pick between two vignettes that we've shot both, and they're both brilliant. They establish who this pe- person is. Here, you've got Ikaminjiro. Look at him, funny with his jackets. You've also got Tian Shah. Which one do you fancy, Bruce? <laughs> Ikaminjiro, without even a <laughs> second's hesitation. Without even sweat. sweat. I mean, look. If nothing else, this vignette felt somewhat tethered to what we know of the guy before. So this was halfway decent on an earnest level. It was just very silly. But it's not like some guy you saw getting squashed three weeks ago going, not the problem with uh, wrestling is the uh, violence, the fighting. You know what I mean? It's... I could halfway believe it. It's just I just got a real nice throwback to the riot squad and all this. <laughs> strong style. <laughs> all like style strong. All like style strong. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Like we've got this guy, he's a Japanese wrestler, but it's not exactly strong style. Wait a second. That's exactly what happened, isn't it? Basically. Uh, I can't wait to get the next bit. Okay, let's get to toxic attraction. They had a promo <laughs> next. Mandy Rose is on the mic. Uh, she says, you know, you're a, I'm a star. All the fans love to look at, but where were each and every one of you when my face was broken? No one did anything but ridicule me and make me an, into an, an instant gift. I didn't see literally any gifts of this, I'm perfectly honest. No, but still, no, no, I see any gifts of well, the only gift I saw was your man with the axe, you know, Gaylord. That was his name. Uh, not sorry, Dexter Loomis, sorry. Anyway. People said people treated her and Gigi and JC uh, like they sorry like they treated Gigi and JC, but they don't. We don't give a damn what you people think. Uh, she's realised there's a beast behind the beauty, and they're going to take over. And Gigi Jolene uh, gets on the mic and says, "The pain of her past fuels her aggression." She and Jane oh, they need God. a purpose. That's where Mandy Rose comes in, and we're headed to the top. Of NXT. She's getting watered quite a lot here. So Mandy gets on the mic and says, Well, yeah, well, say what if you think if you don't think I'm the hottest thing alive, or something along those lines, basically. And JC Jane says, Look, toxic attraction, we're not just pretty faces. We're not just going to sit back and wait for our opportunity. What we want is the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, and they, the current champs are getting ass kicking. And uh, we cut backstage where best friends, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, are watching. And Io Shirai says, I don't like them. I just hilarious this. She always just goes, I like them less than I like you. So yeah, let's fight them, basically. She accepts the challenge. Zoe Sorry, Zoe Stark, sorry. It's like, oh, shouldn't we discuss about this? And she's like, no, let's take the match. So she takes the match. And uh, as they're arguing, in comes Persia Perotta and says that when Indy Hartwell returns from her honeymoon, she's gonna want to go after the tag titles, and they're apparently a team now. So that's the thing about <laughs> Hamfoot. Oh, what a mess. What a mess. Ah, oh, toxic attraction. I mean, Beth Phoenix, guys, I don't know if you picked it up, but she said they were a dominant force. Um, <laughs> so I think, she, I think she got the copy. Uh, really bad. Really bad. Uh, dull, pointless dialogue. Uh, you know, that like, 
that nonsense about I've got a dark past and a twisted soul and all that crap. Like, nobody buys that. There's been no effort made into any of this. There's been no direction given to the wrestlers themselves. And if there is, it's bad direction because it's basically scowl at the hard camera, maybe, when the other people are talking. Just laughable pantomime completely divorced from reality nonsense and i would say compared to a lot of the stuff on the show really not the good kind i don't know what it is about and i wish i've not been able to yet articulate why some things are the fun kind of bad and some things are the bad kind of bad i just know in my like in my heart that this was the bad kind of bad i felt a bit sad for the three of them having to come out and try and get this over and like who gives a toss about the tag title match next week who gives a toss about the belts Io Shirai is another one um, that kind of doesn't really feel like she should be here. Like there's a Raw and a SmackDown just waiting for her. I'm not saying it's going to go any better, but she get paid, probably not too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll get a proper wage for being great. Um, I just doesn't feel like all like they belong or that angle or any of that belongs now. If she sticks around in NXT much longer, Vince is going to watch from her old performances and go, bin lady, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. This goddamn segment was dire. Dire, dire, dire. It's funny when Bruce Pritchard does men because they just become wacky occupational guys or, oh, what's going on in the news? Let's uh, <laughs> make that ugly thing even uglier on TV with, like, the woke culture and all that nonsense. That also, I... is, he watching, is he watching it on, like, Internet Explorer from three years ago? Or yeah, something? it's just fantastic. <laughs> This was, well, you may think we're hard, hard enough where you're not going to get it, you losers. <laughs> but we're, also, we're also really hard tough. I stumble over my words constantly on this podcast and other podcasts. It's just part of the rhythms of my speech. So I don't really want to bury anybody else for doing it in the middle of a promo, but it was quite funny. I don't know how Mandy Rose managed to say, instead of battered and beaten, Batteredly and beated. <laughs> Her other delivery otherwise is completely unremarkable and cliched and worn. Gigi Dolin, her attempts to convey aggression and whatever were dire. Absolutely dire. Um, and who's uh, Indy Hartwell's new maid? Persia, hang on, Perotta. Persia Perot is lying. Honestly, this show, it's all about opportunities and breakthroughs. And I want the title and you want the title. It's just easy, isn't it? What I loved about her line is, if I know anything about uh, my wrestler friend, it's like, I think if I know her, she's going to want to win a championship. It's how they all do. <laughs> if I know anything about everyone on cage match, they're probably going to win a title. <laughs> Such a stupid, obvious thing to say. This show is rubbish. Uh, they ran- this is an improvement on the thing that people kept telling me I was a pedantic nerd and biased for not enjoying. Well, that's in the mud, and this is in the mud as well. Well, they're listening to the podcast because they've announced three matches for next week and obviously all the honeymoon stuff. Uh, three title matches, in fact. Uh, women's tag team titles, just discussing there. The women's championship, of course. Uh, Frankie Monet challenging Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Grayson Waller uh, versus Roddy Strong. And now we get to the main event. It's Tommaso Ciampa and Brad Riku uh, versus Udun and Rich Bloody Holland. And uh, immediately, Champa goes for a very quick fairy tale ending. Dunn escapes, though, here, uh, gets, gets out of the way of it all. And I've got to be honest, lads, we always go, oh, bloody Vince, but man, 
a bit with Brumbreaker and Rajala and Jesus Christ. I was like, I'll get those other losers out. Get Champer and Dunn out of the way because I want to see these two massive blokes <laughs> have a fight. Breaker comes in. He suplexes Holland. Suplexes Dunn. Uh, in the end, though, uh, the heels, as Champer comes back in, managed to isolate him by using a blind tag and... Uh, he just mutilates uh, Champa's arm. He targets the hand and the arm and he twists it and he stamps on it a load, basically. Um, they go to the outside. Champa realises what's about to happen, throws Rich Bloody Holland into the ring steps, throws Dunn across the announce desk, does the old clapping and slapping himself on the back when in comes Rich Holland out of nowhere to just spear him over the table uh, as we head to break. When we come back, uh, the heels are still in control of Champa. Uh, he uh, counters a uh, uh, Holland suplex, though gives him a suplex of his own, gets the hot tag to Brandbreaker, who just looks mint. He runs wild, huge power moves, suplexes for everyone. He puts Pete Dunn in a Steiner recliner, and they go, oh, oh, I've never seen this move before. I don't know, some sort of camel clutch, I suppose, basically. Uh, in the end, though, Dunn manages to escape uh, by targeting the hands, finger, snap spot, all that sort of thing. Uh, Rich Bully Olin comes in. He gives a, an overhead belly to belly with Champa. Uh, but then Breaker goes, they, they have commentary. They literally said, anything you can do, I can do better. He does the exact same thing to, to Pete Dunn. And then there's the face-off. Ridge Holland, Brom Breaker, all of Vince's... Our favorite things combined, and they just hit each other with lariats and then no sell it. And they both double clothesline each other, double down. Uh, in, in slides Pete Dunn, he tries to bring in Holland's I don't know, club or whatever it is. But uh, Chamber makes the save, hoys it to the outside. Chamber gets knocked to the outside. Breaker goes to press slam Dunn, but uh, they rake the eyes. And as uh, Holland goes outside to get the club, who should return to grab it off him and hit him with it? Then cool Cal O'Reilly. He nails Holland with the club, um, rolls Holland back in. Champa hits Dunn with a Willow's Bell and Breaker uses that power slam of his. One, two, three on Ridge Bloody Holland. And uh, they stand tall, Breaker and Champa. And Breaker hands Champa the bell. Well, Champa has to pull the bell off him but they are standing tall as the show goes off. Yeah, really good main event. It's good fun. It was good fun. There was enough happening. Um, there was one sequence where Rich Holland and Bomb Breaker were doing virtually the exact same thing as Dunn and Champa and got down the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> it was really quite <laughs> And then they did the second one where Breaker and Holland were each doing the same move or Breaker did the same thing just after Holland did the whole anything you can do, I can yeah. do better. So they are doing tiny little things to position Breaker as Champa's equal, the idea that there is parity ahead of their title match, and he's just above Rich Holland. Throughout the night, the theme was there's loads of new faces, absolutely loads of them, each more hilarious than the last. <laughs> they are trying to tell you and it, honestly, at points they showed you as well. Joseph always ruins by telling you what's being shown very loudly. <laughs> the idea is there's loads of new faces, guys, but Bron Breaker is the best of the bunch and the one to look out for. So there's a decent bit of craft behind the push in that regard. Um, so yeah, I've been top of it, man. The bloody main event. I was in a wildly good mood because of the nonsense on this show. So maybe it wasn't that good a match, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was going to say this. I thought this match was fine, elevated by the mood that NXT 2.0 puts you in. It's so wacky and daft and silly that, like, 
good wrestling suddenly feels great because you forgot this was a wrestling show. You're like, you've seen like a parade of squashes and a bunch of terrible characters and a load of things that don't make any sense. And then what should theoretically be the best version of all of that suddenly feels electric as a result. And to sort of build on Cedric's point about the the kind of the successful function, at least at this point of the Bron Breaker push, like fans loved everything he did. Uh, every, like the hot tag response he got was unbelievable. Um, he's already got that like, so obviously WWE heels are trained with that bump and feed snap, but it takes, you know, you've got to be, if you're the baby face in that particular pairing, you've got to be like super fired up with it. And he's got that for days. Like he's at very least learned the things in the performance center. Unlike what Triple H was apparently telling about 50 signees for the past five years, he's learned the things in the performance center that the big, big boss might actually want to see. And in doing that at the same time, he's actually extracting a reaction from this crowd as well. So the match was fine, but I, I'm starting to become earnestly impressed with the Braun Breaker experiment because it is daft and it is, he's not called Steiner and he probably should be. And he's like the first big muscle head out the shoot and he's going to become the champion in like a month or something. So he's, ca- he's capturing the cliches that we all had for this NXT. But I think it's pretty effective as well. So I think we're a couple of good performances away from relishing him actually having the belt and seeing what they can do with him. Yeah, I've got very much like two sides of my brain now. I've got all the silly bollocks that they've done on this show, all the, you know, safe space or Hikimanjiro or Donny D'Angelo. And then you've got like (laughs) Ron Breaker, Odyssey Jones, Von Wagner, and what's his name? Harland now. Get all them in and then just get all the the smaller guys who are apparently technically good at wrestling. I don't don't care about fundamentals. I want to see big guys. (laughs) Just smashing into each other because I love that, yeah, that moment. And uh, yeah, Vince has, I suppose, been proved correct in that respect. No. <laughs> he absolutely has. Uh, he absolutely has, 100%. Um, uh, I love this show, man. I can't wait for next week's episode. I haven't said that since before October 2019. I cannot wait for next week. And I know I don't have this. I'm a very facetious guy. Mm. Cynical, like black humor, the whole bit. But I mean it. This is just me. I love the show, ironically, more than I ever liked it earnestly since it moved to TV. I know a lot of people won't share that. I see people appraising it earnestly. Like, don't. <laughs> like, don't do that. Like, that's, like, that's oh. reviews flying around. Yeah, that's what, it's, it's a 6.5 out of 10. No, it doesn't. It gets a 0 <laughs> under 10. <laughs> I love that, you know, like obviously a text message conversation could sit there for years on your phone and you've forgotten all about it because you just don't message that person anymore. I love the idea that the last text between Vince McMahon and CM Punk was like, I'm really sorry, I didn't know that about the wedding. And obviously Punk never replied because he was too angry and he thinks that he's lying and he knew full well that he was getting fired on his wedding day. And then Vince just finds him, finds Phil, has to scroll all the way through his text, finds Phil and be like, you're right, my son-in-law is a doofus. (laughs) 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 What are you doing these days? Because he doesn't know, he doesn't watch that, right? (laughs) You're up too much. Like we got we got a show on Tuesdays. How's the family? How's the wife? <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts on NXT 2.0 on Twitter at what culture WWE. Why say you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. You can follow birthday boy Michael Sidgwick and wish him a happy birthday at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Later on today, we'll be previewing AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, which I sense may be slightly different to NXT. Oh, but who knows? Maybe they'll see this and follow the real 
blueprint of how shows should go, but let's, let's wait and see. But for now, this has been the NXT 2.0 review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.